0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, I'm making a prediction on the economic outlook for Q4 and the broad impact I project it to have on real estate markets. The economy in Q4 is going to take a hit. We saw a resurgence of employment, a modest increase in consumption, and a return to limited travel in Q2 and Q3. But new unemployment claims remain historically high. Prior to the pandemic, the U.S. economy registered an average of about 250,000 new unemployment claims in a normal week. And since the pandemic, new jobless claims have been above 700,000 every week since March. The first six weeks of the pandemic registered 32 million job losses. We are still in a very troubled economy from a labor standpoint. The regional data suggests it's not the level of COVID-19 infections that is affecting the economy, but how local, state, provincial, city officials, businesses, and consumers respond to the pandemic that appears to have the greatest impact on the pace of the labor market's recovery in a given region. The other major driver of the economy is consumption. Energy consumption is down, which is a primary indicator of economic activity. There's a direct correlation between economic activity and energy consumption, and we see that reflected in falling oil and natural gas prices. We've seen momentary surges in sales of particular products, but the law of averages tends to apply. If the population hasn't increased and people are still eating three meals a day, the amount of food consumed on average won't fundamentally change when averaged over the year. Toilet paper sales surged in Q2 when it looked like there might be shortages, Those who were in the business of selling toilet paper might have felt like they won the lottery. But on average, if toilet paper sales surged in Q2, then it makes sense that they would fall below average in Q3 and Q4. On average, toilet paper consumption at the final point of use next to the toilet isn't going to increase just because there was a lockdown. There's a business cycle in retail that has historically held true. Many retail businesses generate 50% of their annual profit in Q4 during the period between Thanksgiving and the end of the year. But this year could be different. We have many areas going into a new wave of COVID-19 outbreaks. That means a reduction in business activity, a reduction in social interaction, a slowdown of commerce. And if family members are not traveling for the holidays in large numbers, what will that mean for retail sales? It's clear to me that retail sales in North America in Q4 will be down compared with last year and it doesn't take a huge crystal ball to predict that outcome. Travel restrictions remain in place internationally. Students are returning home for exams at U.S. Thanksgiving and won't return to school until January, assuming, of course, that the pandemic remains under some measure of control. If family gatherings are going to be scaled back this year, then it makes sense that gift-giving will also be scaled back. Some gifts will be sent by mail or delivery, but it makes sense that fewer gifts will be bought this year. The big question is, is whether people will treat themselves to an extra gift on a large scale to make up for it. I'm seeing plenty of Black Friday sale advertisements online, and of course we don't have any retail numbers, but retail stores are clearly feeling the pinch. The trajectory of the disease looks bad against virtually every metric you could use. The percentage of tests with a positive result is increasing in most communities. The number of new infections on a daily basis continues to climb at an alarming rate. The number of hospitalized cases is at record highs across the nation, and some low-density areas that had been spared during the first wave are now experiencing large numbers. The number of daily deaths continues to climb. I can assure you that if masked gunmen committed a massacre in the tens or even hundreds, it would be front-page news for weeks, and here we are losing thousands of people a day, and the human cost is barely getting a mention. It's as if we become numb to the reality of it, and it's just numbers. The stock market's another area that's disconnected from reality. Stocks have rallied on news of early test results in two new vaccines. The emergency approval process could take a few weeks, but it'll still be many months more before the general population has the opportunity to be vaccinated. We have a long winter to get through with an exponential infection function. We continue to have legislative gridlock at least until the end of January, and it will be 10 months since the CARES Act was passed in the U.S. on March 27th. We're talking about 10 months of governmental paralysis at a time when individuals and small businesses need the most help. In case you're wondering if the problem is only a U.S. problem, it's not. Here in Canada, where I live, the federal government has made numerous announcements that have yet to be implemented. We're talking about programs that were announced in the spring, and when governments fail to act, the resulting business failures become permanent job losses. So what does this mean for you as a real estate investor? it means that some tenants will struggle to pay rent. I know of several landlords who are now getting eviction judgments against tenants who have stopped paying, of course, depending on the jurisdiction. These property owners, whose cash reserves are depleted, may face a more dire situation. Lenders will face difficult decisions, whether to extend forbearance terms or declare the loans to be in default. In my opinion, you need to be hunkering down for another economic winter, amassing cash reserves, in order to weather another storm of unknown duration. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.